This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. told you earlier the title of my message today is fire through thanksgiving fire through thanksgiving now i can actually cook a turkey pretty decently i feel like i can it's not usually dry it's pretty good i've never burnt one Uh, but when i say fire through thanksgiving i'm not talking about uh, your burnt turkey that's on fire or maybe you drop a frozen one in the pot of oil and it spews all over and you get fire through Thanksgiving. That's not really what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about a bonfire that you might gather around sometime this week with your family. I'm talking about a Holy Spirit fire that comes through a spirit and a heart of Thanksgiving. I already asked you the question and I believe that it's evident by the movement in these altars this morning and the movement of worship, we are hungry for a move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need the fire of God. We need God's presence in every area of our life and everything that we do. We need the Holy Spirit to drive and to orchestrate everything in our life. And so today, that's the fire that I'm talking about, the fire through thanksgiving. I want to read you a passage of Scripture out of Hebrews chapter 12. Begin reading in verse 25, and I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation today. I think it's a little easier to follow if you don't know a lot of the context. This translation makes it a little easier. It plugs in some details to let you know what's actually being said. Verse 25 says, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger... We will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful And please God, by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring, or your translation might say consuming, fire. This whole idea was taking place. The writer of Hebrews, I love the book of Hebrews, I've recently gone through a very in-depth study. It is this master sermon that's written to the church by the writer. We don't really know who wrote it. Lots of scholars want to attribute it to somebody, but the best answer is, who knows, only God. We don't know, but this person is brilliant. This person knows Old Testament. This person knows Hebrew and Greek. 
This person knows the, the heart of God. This person can go back and reference. We're talking about what's going to come way down the road when Jesus returns and when the earth and the heavens are shaken and the only thing that remains are the unshakable things. We're talking about the, the end, if you will, not really the end because it's an eternity with Jesus, the end of earth, the end of earthly things. And, and this writer is comparing the end of earthly things with way, way, way back to the Israelites leaving Egypt and whenever God is given the commands and he speaking and the earth begin to shake. We're comparing the two. This writer is phenomenal. And he's walking through this, this passage. He's explaining all of this and he gets to verse 28 and that's really where we're going to hone in. Verse 28 and 29. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe for our God as a devouring fire. If you're taking notes, bless your heart. First idea I want to tell you today is that we have a reason to be thankful. You've got a family. You've got a roof over your head. You've got breath in your air, in your lungs. Uh, you just go ahead, take a deep breath. Jesus just gave you that breath of air. You've got life. You, you, you have clothes on your body. Thank you, Jesus. We have something to be thankful for, but let's be honest, there's always a season that comes around where you really struggle to see the blessings of God. You ever been there? If not, you're precious. I love you. Tell me how you do it. I've had some deep, dark nights, some deep, dark seasons of life where it actually took sitting in an office with somebody and them saying, you need to realize what you need to be thankful for. Somebody has to look me in the eye, bring me back to reality and say, you have this to be thankful for. I'm thankful for people in my life that can do that. I'm thankful for a godly counselor that can look at me and tell me when I'm wrong. But there are seasons of life where we do not see the blessings that we're to be thankful for. And even in those seasons, the writer of Hebrews is telling us, because you're going to receive an unshakable kingdom, you're to be thankful and please God. If there comes a day where you don't have anything to be thankful for, if you'll write down Psalm 136, there's 25 reasons for you to be thankful. If you take out the ones that are specific to the people of Israel, you're still left with 12 specific reasons or attributes or things that you can thank God for. There is no time that we could actually ever have nothing to be thankful for. But this writer is saying, you're going to receive a kingdom that's unshakable. And the greatest reason that Christians have to be thankful, not just on Thursday, but every day of the year, every day of our life, is because from the moment we say, I do, to Jesus, from the moment we allow him to come into our life, from that point forward, we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. It's a promise that you and I are going to be in eternity with Jesus. He's never going to cast us out. We're never going to walk away. One day, we're going to spend eternity with him. And even up until that day, as long as I maintain the relationship, with Jesus, I am receiving an unshakable kingdom. That's something to be thankful for. My life gets shaky. Maybe yours doesn't. Things that are around me seem like they're going to crumble or seem like uh, maybe there's eggshells that I'm having to walk on. It seems like I really don't know what might happen tomorrow or the next day sometimes. really don't understand how we're going to uh, have the provision that we need sometimes. I really don't understand what it is that's going on in life. Things seem to be shaky. 
in my life occasionally. But even in those seasons, as Christians, as saints of God, we're to be thankful that we're going to receive an unshakable kingdom. We've got something to be thankful for. I can't wait till everything that this life brings, everything that's hard and difficult, every heartache and frustration, every hurt and pain and depression, I can't wait till all those shaky things crumble and fall and dissolve and they're burned up by God's consuming fire so that all that is left is the unshakable. We lost another prominent figure of our denomination this morning to COVID-19. Brother Tony Lane, for years, was the International Children's Ministry Director. He was a prominent missionary. He did tons of mission trips to Mexico. There's, I could, we could go on and on. And today, his son's a worship pastor at South Cleveland Church of God. And that family now has to mourn his loss, although they declare his healing. Shaken things, shakable things have to go. I can't wait till COVID-19 just should. And the things of God are going to stand. We have something to be thankful for. Let us be thankful. Secondly, we have a way to be thankful. The writer of Hebrews says, since we're receiving a kingdom that's unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by what? The answer's on the screen in bold and underlined. By what? Worshiping him. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him. With holy fear and all. I want to walk you through three brief passages. Psalm 95 verses 1 and 2. It says, come let us. Sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. And then verse 6 of the same chapter says, Come, let us worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord our maker. That sounds like a heart of thanksgiving and the response is worship. Do you agree? Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they have just left the tomb and, and they're walking along and they're running to tell the disciples that Jesus is risen and Jesus appears before them. And out of a heart of gratitude that they see Jesus, they fall at his feet and worship him. They're thankful to see Jesus. Romans 12.1 tells us, Paul is speaking, he says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God as a, uh, because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We have a way to be thankful. Out of our gratitude for the coming unshakable kingdom of God, let us give thanks. Let us give ourselves as servants to the Lord. Let us be a sacrifice to give ourselves for the kingdom and the mission of expanding the gospel. Not only do we worship, but we are to be serious with our worship. He says, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping in with holy fear and awe. Holy fear and awe. There's a reverence, a respect. This gets complicated because we have created something out of fear that is not at all biblical. 
we just had a, a holiday of Halloween where everything is all about fear. Everything's all about scaring or everything's all about, and we do our best, and people have their own mixed opinions about it, the church getting involved, and we do our best to take an opportunity to provide something different and alternative. But the whole holiday is marketed and driven around fear. That fear's not godly. And so we have a hard time whenever we hear worship God and please God with holy fear. God is not standing in front of us with some demonic mask on for us to be terrified of him. God is the good, good father that you can read that he says uh, the, the children of the Lord, a good father, are going to be disciplined just like an earthly father disciplines their children to get respect. God disciplines to gain respect. We worship, we please God with a holy fear, a reverence, a respect for who he is. When I give my body as a living sacrifice, I remain a living sacrifice. I live in holiness because the same writer of Hebrews tells us, live in holiness, otherwise you don't receive the kingdom of God. I remain in holiness. I remain different and sanctified and, and set apart because I respect and I fear God, not as this creature standing in front of me to terrify me. He doesn't give me a spirit of fear, but rather he gives me a spirit of a sound mind and self-control, right? I respect God enough to do what's pleasing in his sight. I am in all of God. God is so much bigger than our minds could ever begin to comprehend. God is working and orchestrating. I was looking at a little book last night called The Life Book. Uh, we received one at an outreach thing we went to the other day, and maybe you've seen one. And I was reading through, and basically, a very short story. It's a book with a bunch of scripture in it, and some students, some teenagers have wrote notes out beside it. And whenever Jesus told the disciples, go into the city, there's going to be a man there waiting for you. One of those students wrote, out, I can't believe how Jesus had all of this already planned out. It is amazing to me. God is ginormous. He is beyond anything that we could ever comprehend. We, as the little creation that we are, must stand in awe of God. And when we're thankful, we're thankful with a heart of worship, revering him, respecting him, and literally being mind blown by who he is, not only to us, but to all creation. We're to be serious about our worship. We have to take our life actions seriously, knowing that whatever we do, whatever we say, we're doing it for the glory of the Lord. Not only do we have something to be thankful for, not only do we have a way to be thankful, we have consequences for our thankfulness. Consequences for the thankfulness. Look at verse 29. For our God is a devouring fire. He's a consuming fire. To stay with the theme and illustration of verses 25 and down, this whole idea of the people of Israel, the writer of Hebrews makes a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. He's quoting, I told you the Old Testament, he says, the Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. This conversation is taking place. The statement is made after the people are, well, let's just go there. Verse 23, be careful not to break the covenant of the Lord your God made with you or the, Lord, the covenant the Lord has made with you. Do not make idols of any shape or form for the Lord your God has forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He's a jealous God. 
It's the response to the whole idea of creating something else to worship. To, to give your heart of gratitude, your thankfulness to something else other than the creator. To worship the creation, to appreciate the creation, to be thankful for the creation rather than the creator. And the response there is, you better watch yourself because the Lord is jealous. He's a devouring fire. Here the fire is a consequence for the lack of worship and of reverence and all of the Lord. And the world will be shaken and all that is created will fall. Everything that's been created, everything that's shakable will fall. The fire of the Lord is going to consume all that's shaken away. It's going to burn it up like shaft being sifted. Anything that gets our worship, any person that worships anything other than him will not receive the kingdom, but will be consumed by the covenant. But it's not only a punishment. The fire is also a promise. Romans 12, 1, I've already read it to you. Paul says, give your bodies to God because all he's done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Over and over in the Old Testament, you see the sacrifice laid on the altar. And you see fire come from heaven. <laughs> And consume the sacrifice. You see, Elisha and the prophets of Baal going at it in this whole battle between who is God, who's not God, their God sitting in, uh, in the bathroom and all this other stuff. It's interesting to read. Sounds like some a bunch of teenagers might have wrote. And he pours water, digs trenches, he pours water and soaks the altar. He soaks the ground around the altar. He soaks the sacrifice. He said, God, I know you hear my prayer. To prove that you're real, let your fire fall from heaven and consume this sacrifice. It's gone. Not only is the sacrifice gone, but the ground's dry. <laughs> and if we are living our lives as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing and acceptable to God, it is our true act of worship if our life is a sacrifice, if we're willing to lay down ourself. What makes God any different that he wouldn't go and consume us the same way he consumed the Old Testament sacrifice? In Acts chapter 2, the disciples are sitting around the room and I love it. They're all gathered there in one place and they're in one mindset. And suddenly there comes a sound through the room of a rushing mighty wind and, and all of a sudden tongues of fire or fire begins to sit or rest upon each one of them. And then they begin to speak in other languages and other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave the utterance. Fire consumed them in that moment. When the Holy Spirit came to the people, he came in the form of fire. We've already established we want a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. I want the fresh fire of God on my life. On the day of Pentecost, those disciples were consumed and imparted with fire. 
Well, the prophet said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. The gospel is like fire shut up in my bones. This God to come out as a burning. We need that fire. So now let's walk backwards. The fire comes through the worship, which is sacrifice. The worship is response to thanksgiving. Thanksgiving comes because of God's greatness and the unshakable kingdom we're receiving. If our heart is full of gratitude, if we're thankful just for the fact of being saved and being a Christian, through that journey, the fire of God comes through thanksgiving. We want the fire of the Lord on our life. Start counting your blessings. Start realizing what it is that you have to be thankful for. Start realizing the price that was paid that you and I can't even begin to comprehend. We sang about it this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Nothing is stronger than the blood of Jesus. We sing it. We, we love to sing it. Jesus is our champion. I told you I was having a good time. I love it. But it's easy for us to sing those songs. It's not the same as it was to live those songs. We don't understand the agony that was put in to the life of Jesus so that we could be who we are today. We don't understand what it was that Jesus truly went through. Talk about being a living sacrifice. He's in the garden and said, God, if there's any other way this can take place, please let it happen the other way. But not my will, but your will. A living sacrifice. Hmm. I wonder, I don't know. There's no theology to back this up. I wonder, though, when Jesus, the living sacrifice, gave up himself in that empty tomb, if it was the Holy Spirit that come by fire and took him up to heaven. I don't know. I do know that when we have a heart of thankfulness, we respond out of worship. You want to do a, a quick self-test on yourself, on your heart of gratitude, examine your worship. Look at your worship. What does it look like? Promise you that's a pretty good indication of what your heart of thankfulness looks like. And so if the fire comes through Worship and pleasing God with holy fear and all. Why in the world would God pour out his fire on us if we can't simply be grateful? Today, we can be thankful for the future eternity with Jesus. We display that thankfulness through our worship and out of our worship comes the fire of God in our life. If you don't have anything else to be thankful for today, 
The writer of Hebrews says, everything in your life that you're focused on, that you, that's pulling you down, all that's going to be shaken away. And the unshakable is going to remain. So I would encourage you as we walk throughout this week, maybe your senses would be a little heightened, but I would really encourage you on Friday and Saturday and Sunday and next week after you quit eating Thanksgiving leftovers to sit back and think of how good God really is to you. I'll just tell you, hell lost another one with my life. I've been on my way there several times. Hell lost another one in me. And I can stand up here and jump around and act crazy and about beat the keys off that keyboard because that's exciting to me. Hell lost another one in me and I am free. Amen. So because I'm free, I will live my life as a living sacrifice. Holy, pleasing, acceptable to the Lord. Doing my best to remember. Am I going to fail? You bet. I'm going to fall flat on my face. But I'm going to do my best to remember that everything I do, everything I say, every action I make, should be to the glory of the Lord. And because of my life of worship and sacrifice, I believe naturally the Holy Spirit will pour out fire on us. It'll pour out fire on me. I can't start your fire for you. That's up to you. I sat down yesterday in transparency. Here's the whole, stay with me. I sat down yesterday in just a matter of a couple hours. The Lord completely turned where I thought I was headed with a sermon for today. I sat down with the Bible and a notepad. And this sermon began to flow. That has nothing to do with Mitchell. That is the Holy Spirit fire. And the anointing of God. That I can stand here and communicate it effectively without the ums and ahs and e and ah. I'm telling you, fire comes through thanksgiving. Father, Lord, I pray that as your people stand before you today, God, they would examine their hearts. They would examine their worship. Lord, they would examine the temperature of their life. God, maybe it's hot. Maybe it's on fire. Maybe your spirit is moving over them. It's consumed them. Maybe the, the gospel, maybe the message of Jesus, the, just the simple message of the fact that hell lost another one in their life and they're free. God, maybe it's burning inside of them. God, maybe they're telling everybody. I praise God if that's the case. But maybe today, Lord, they're on the cooler side. Maybe they've not experienced a move from you in a while. Maybe they've not experienced the warmth of your peace and your love in their life for a while. God, I pray today as they examine their worship, they examine what it is that they're grateful for. Lord, I pray that you bring those things to their minds. Give them a true, uh, ex give them a true overview, a true uh, report, if you will, Lord, of what their worship is. 
what their life is really like. Are they really a living sacrifice today? Are they really willing to put down their own flesh and desires to follow you, to remain holy and pleasing to you? God, if they're not, today's a day that can change. I believe just like the fire would consume those sacrifices laid on the altar, I believe, God, as we lay ourselves on the altar, we put ourselves down, and symbolically, we put our wants and our desires, our flesh, our temptations. God, we put our sin to the side, and we lay ourselves down before you wide open to do whatever it is you want to do in our life. When we do that, God, I believe the fire of the Holy Spirit will consume us. And when we get up from that altar, there'll be a message of burning in our hearts. God, we want that move today. And I believe we've seen a roadmap of how fire comes through Thanksgiving. Let us be thankful and please you with holy fear and all today. For we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. It's going to last forever. All the pain, the suffering, the heartache. God, it's all going to go away. And all that's going to be left is your perfect will your perfect world everything that you are lord for us your unshakable deity lord <laughs> i thank you father lord if there's anybody in the room today that don't know you maybe somebody watching online they don't have a relationship with you they don't understand why their life is empty God, I would simply suggest that maybe it's you don't realize that God loved you enough that he sent his only son to die on a cross for you that you may be saved. You wouldn't have to, to die a, a death to go to hell, God, but you could spend an eternity in heaven with him. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but instead he sent his son that through his son you might be saved today. And for that, you can be thankful. If you don't know Jesus, I promise if you accept him, and you'll begin to be thankful for just that simple fact, just the fact Jesus died for you, your life will change. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity. Would you just slip your hand up? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Yeah. Praise God. Family, would you pray this prayer? Maybe you've been saved forever and ever. But let's do our first roots over again for a moment. Would you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. You were sent not to condemn me, but to save me. And today, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me. Make me a new person. Let your fire consume me. Let me be changed. Let me live a life to please you and to worship you. You gave your life. Now I give mine. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant that today, 
Would you take just a second and give the Lord some thanks and some gratitude? Father, I thank you, Lord, for the life that you gave me today. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord, just in this moment. We give you just a, a moment of praise, Lord, a moment of thankfulness today as we worship you and thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.